so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Good morning, Yes Community Baptist Church. Unfortunately, uh, myself and my family are not able to be with you in person uh, this morning. We were surprised this week, as many others have been, to find ourselves in isolation due to COVID. Uh, The good news for us is that uh, so far we've not tested positive for COVID, so we're hoping to come out of isolation early this week and be able to rejoin uh, the gathering of God's people in person next week. Uh, But for this week, we'll be joining you uh, online from home and uh, thankful for technology today that I can still share God's word with you this morning via video. Um, It's a bit short notice to organise someone else to step in and preach, but I'm also excited about this new series we're starting this week and, and was really looking forward to sharing uh, with you God's Word. Uh, and so this week we're starting a, a series that we're calling Christology. Uh, this uh, word means the study of uh, the nature and work of Jesus. Now I know for some of us a word like that might make us think <laughs> boring theology, uh, but in reality what we're going to be doing is fixing our eyes on Jesus. Uh, we're going to be gazing upon him. Uh, we're going to uh, seek to know and understand him. We're, we're going to seek to be shaped by him. And so we're going to be devoting our time and attention to focus on Jesus as we lead uh, into the Easter weekend. Uh, we're going to be filling ourselves up on Jesus through this series. Uh, so why is this so important? Why am I so excited about this series? Well, uh, when I think about understanding Jesus, when I think about Christology, the the knowledge of Jesus, I think about the Apostle Paul. Uh, If you know the Apostle Paul's story, he had this revelation of the glorified Jesus, so much so that it it blinded him uh, physically for for several days. Uh, And he he lived a life of of knowing Jesus after that point, of getting to understand and know him more and teach other people about him. Yet many years later, what was his goal in life? In Philippians 3.10, he tells us that his goal in life, the thing that he presses on towards, is this, that he says, I want to know Christ. And so that's my goal for my life. Overarching all else is is that I want to know Christ. And and it's also my goal for Yas Community Baptist Church. Uh, I want to read a a couple words, a couple verses from Colossians chapter 2. It's verse 2 and 3. And and this captures my heart. Uh, for Yes Community Baptist Church, it captures my heart for this series for us as a church. Um, and so I'm going to read these verses for us now, but I'm going to shift the language a little bit to make it about uh, us as a church. So in Colossians chapter 2, uh, verses 2 to 3, it says, My goal is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that you may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so to know Christ is to know everything that is of worth. And so to know Christ needs to be our goal because all wisdom and knowledge is hidden in him. We we might know deeply the intricacies of how an atom works, or we might know uh, the, the patterns of the planets and the universe, but if we don't know Christ, we don't know anything that is of true value and worth. 
But yet, when we do know Christ, those things, those understandings, those knowledges of the universe and of the atom and everything in between gain so much more meaning. Uh, we live in a world filled with ologies. That's the word we attach onto something when we're studying it. You know, Instagramology, Facebookology. That's that's what a lot of us spend our, our time studying. Astrology, things like that in in genuine sciences. There's lots of ologies in our world, but but what I want to encourage us to do is to major in Christology. That is major in knowing Jesus Christ. There's value in studying all else, and I, I certainly encourage it. I'm not anti-study. I'm not anti-intellectual in the least. I'm very much for those things. But let's make our main focus, our main study, the, the goal of our life, to know Jesus. And so that's that's why I'm excited. That's why I'm enthusiastic about this series over the next five weeks. We'll have a little break for our, our kids' church takeover. I'm excited because knowing Jesus should be our ultimate goal, and that's what we're going to dive into. Of course, we can't say everything there is to say about Jesus in five weeks. In the very last verse of his gospel about Jesus, uh, the Apostle John says uh, that if he was to say everything that Jesus did, the, the world wouldn't be able to contain the books that would be written. And that's just about what he did. That's not about who he is fully. Um, and so for this series, we're going to use the words that we've had read for us this morning in our Bible reading uh, from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20 as our, as our template, as our guide. And, and so we're going to pull one aspect of uh, out of these verses each week uh, about who Jesus is and what he's done. We're also going to talk about the so what. And what I mean by that is, is that our theology and our Christology, our, our biblical understanding, our knowledge of God, our knowledge of Jesus must have a so what. It must have an impact on our life. It must have some meaning now here in the present, not just be an abstract intellectual idea. And so through this series, we're also going to be talking about the so what. But before we dive in, uh, I want to invite you to pray with me that this wouldn't just be words, this wouldn't just be intellectual understanding, but that it would be a, a deep time of knowing Jesus more and more as his spirit reveals him to us. And so let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I pray that by your spirit, that as, as we speak about what the scriptures reveal, about what the Bible reveals about who Jesus is and what he has done, I pray that by your spirit, we would come to know Jesus Christ more and that that would have a huge so what in our lives, that our lives would be deeply shaped by our knowledge of Jesus. And so it's in his name that we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say, Amen. And so the first thing, in this profound passage from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 18, the first thing that Paul says about the nature of Jesus is this, in verse 15. The Son, and here he's referring to Jesus, the Son of God, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn 
over all creation. Uh, we're just going to grab the first part of that verse. The sun is the image of the invisible God. We're going to grab that this week. And so Paul says God is invisible. That's not that uh, the impact of his existence can't be seen. It, it's, it's that he is not visible to the naked eye. It's like we can't see the wind, but, but we can see the action of the wind uh, on the world around us. Likewise, we can see God's fingerprints in creation. We, we can know his presence experientially, uh, but we can't see him with our natural eyes. And so what Paul is saying about Jesus in this, this verse is that Jesus has made God visible to the human eye. He, he uses the word image here, and the, the Greek word uh, that is translated image in our text is, is a mirror-like representation. And, and so I could describe to you what someone I know looks like. I, I could use words to give you an understanding of, of who they are and what they look like. But I could also show you a picture. I could show you these days a 4K resolution image of what they look like, and that would give you a much better understanding of, of what they look like of their, their being, their representation in this world. And, and, and so that's what Jesus is like. It's like going from, you know, he's got brown hair and he's this tall and to, to seeing a beautiful 4K resolution image of, of, of his, his representation. What I'm trying to say is that Christ brings clarity to our hazy notions, our, our, our unclear understandings of who God is. Jesus shows us God's entire self, his wisdom, his love, his compassion, his kindness, his righteousness, his self-sacrificing nature, his power, his grace. The, the Apostle John says a similar thing to what Paul says here in John uh, chapter 1, verse 18. Here, John says, no one has ever seen God. He's capturing this idea that, that God is invisible to the naked eye. No one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son, that is Jesus, who is himself God and is in closest relationship to the Father, has made him known. And so John here too is saying, Jesus reveals fully the God we cannot see with the naked eye. Jesus has made God known fully, completely, in a way that even God's word, even the scriptures themselves only point towards. And so what we see when we look at Jesus is the perfect revelation of God's person. Because he is himself God. He's not just a copy or a reflection, but he is fully God. John says, who is himself God. He's not just a photograph. He's not just a reflection of an image in a mirror. He is God. And so this is exactly what Paul means in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, when he says that he is the image of the invisible God, it's because he is God. He makes that clear to us in verse 19 of Colossians chapter 1. 
Here he says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. The word fullness here means the sum total. It means overflowing. It means Jesus is everything that God is. And everything that God is, is in Jesus. Paul here uses the word dwell. All the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. The, the Greek word for dwell in this passage that Paul originally wrote in is katakese. I'm sure I've butchered the pronunciation of that. But what it means is resides permanently. It means that, that the thing being spoken of is housed permanently. And so Paul is saying the fullness of God dwells permanently, eternally in Jesus. Jesus is pre-existently divine. The reason I dwell on this is because one of the, the, the most familiar passages to me at least is where, where the word dwell is used in English is John 1.14 where John says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. But here in the Greek dwell is a different word. It's eskenosin. Again I've probably butchered that badly but, but this word means to dwell in a tent or to encamp. Uh, the point is that God's fullness dwells eternally in Jesus and he became fully human. He's eternally the fullness of God. And yet he became human. He camped. He put on a human tent to dwell among us. Both words are dwell, but they don't mean the same thing. In case we miss the grasp of, of what he was meaning in chapter 1, Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, For in Christ, for in Jesus Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. For Paul brings these two together. The fullness of the divine that lives in Jesus in bodily form. He's fully God and fully human. And this is exactly how Jesus understood himself. In John chapter 10, we have this story where Jesus is uh, being accused and criticised by some of the, the Jewish religious leaders at the time. Um, and, and so the heading uh, in, in my translation here says, further conflict over Jesus' claims. And so in chapter 10, verse 22, we're told that uh, then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my name... Sorry, the works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they will follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And so Jesus responds to their answer essentially. They're asking, who are you? If, if you're truly the Messiah, the anointed one, that means, then tell us plainly. 
And Jesus' response is, I have told you plainly. I've demonstrated plainly through my actions, through the miracles I've done, that, that I am sent from God. But the problem isn't me telling you plainly, it's that you refuse to believe. But then he pushes their understanding of who he is one step further. In verse 30, he says, I and the Father are one. Now, this is no translation error. This is no misunderstanding uh, of 2,000 years later that Jesus understood himself and the, the Father to be one because in the very next verse, in verse 31, we're told, again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We're not stoning you for any good work, they replied. But for blasphemy, because you a mere man claim to be God. And so the clear understanding of Jesus' words from those around him was that he understood himself to be God. Uh, the, this story goes on and, and Jesus talks more about it, but at the end of this story, he reinforces this idea that he and God are one. He and the Father are one together, fully divine. The literary scholar C.S. Lewis, uh, who was surprised uh, to come to faith in Jesus, uh, wrote in his book, Mere Christianity, uh, about this idea of Jesus' understanding of himself. And, and he wrote about the idea that some people have that, that Jesus was a good guy. He was a good teacher, but he, he wasn't God. And so C.S. Lewis wrote, I'm trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. And that is, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing that we must not say, C.S. Lewis says. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronising nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. And so the reaction of the Jewish leaders, those around him, was not ridiculous. If Jesus was merely a man claiming to be God, then that was something profoundly evil. That is exactly what the Apostle Paul thought of Jesus prior to encountering him on the road to Damascus, prior to knowing and understanding who he truly was. And so Paul wrote in Colossians that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Paul wrote in Colossians that in Christ Jesus, the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And so Jesus is the perfect image. He's the perfect revelation of God because he is fully and completely 
God. And so that's where our Christology, our, our understanding and our knowledge of Jesus begins, that he is fully and completely God. So what? What, what does this mean for us today, 2,000 years later, uh, 2,000 years after Jesus walked the earth in bodily form? Well, firstly, I want to suggest that it means that to know God, we must fix our eyes on Jesus. Jesus is the way to God through his sacrifice on the cross. We'll be talking about that in later weeks. But he is also the truth about God. He's the truth about who God is. He's the truth about his nature. He's the truth about how he, he uh, interacts with his creation. He's the true revelation the complete revelation of who God is. And so what that means is we can't truly know God apart from Jesus. Those that claim to know God but but don't know him through Jesus don't know the true God. Those that claim to hear from God but don't hear God's voice in Jesus don't truly hear from God. But we can know God because he's not invisible. He's been made known through Jesus. He might not walk amongst us bodily today, but we can know him through the testimony of those who saw him. To know God, we look to Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we understand the Old Testament that points to him and the scriptures of the New Testament that speak about him and the prophetic works that speak of his second coming. It's through Jesus that we find understanding of those things. It also means that Jesus is worthy of all our worship. And when I say that, I'm not talking about singing. I love to express my worship in song. I love when we gather together as a church to to sing songs of praise to Jesus. And, And that's part of what it means to worship Jesus as God. But what it really means to worship is to live our lives as a a living sacrifice, Paul says in Romans. That means to offer up our our whole life as an act of worship to Jesus. Because if, if he is what Paul says he is in Colossians, the fullness of God, then he's not merely of moderate importance to us. He can't be a part time pastime. He 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 can only be of infinite importance. And so if Jesus is the image of God, if Jesus is fully divine, then he must be the centre around which our lives find meaning. He must be the shape in which our lives take. He must be of infinite importance to in every moment of our life. And so to know God, we must fix our eyes on Jesus. Jesus is worthy of all of our worship. And and the final so what is that he is the one whom we find our own fullness. He is the one in whom we find true knowledge and wisdom, not just about him, but about all things. And so I begin uh, this morning by reading Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. I want to just remind us of those verses. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full 
riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If we want to be wise, if we want to have knowledge, then we first need to find them in Jesus. A few verses later in Colossians chapter 8 to 10, which we, we just read the middle verse of that, but I, I want to read the verses around that as we draw to a close this morning. The Apostle Paul says this, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, or to go back to where we started, don't fall prey to other ologies, which depend on human tradition and on the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. And so the final so what this morning is that we can only find fullness in Jesus. Fullness of knowledge, fullness of wisdom, fullness of understanding. We can only find them in Jesus and in no one else. And so may we look to God. May we look to Jesus as we seek to know God. May we live our lives as an act of worship to the one who is fully divine. And may we find our fullness, our knowledge and our wisdom first and foremost in and through Jesus. And so as our worship team uh, come up to lead us uh, in a final worship song this morning, I'd like you to join me in prayer once more. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge your Son, Jesus Christ, as fully divine. We look to him as the one who is the perfect image of who you are. And once more, we pray that we would come to know him more and more, that our lives would be centred upon and shaped around him more and more. And that in him and in nowhere else we would find our fullness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.